This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Squadron Leader Jack Steele and the Starblade by Chris Bedette. Episode 7, Into the Ether. With his plans to subjugate the British Empire in tatters, Quaxorian agent Mordred Pendragon has fled into the depths of space to rendezvous with his alien masters. In close pursuit, squadron leader Jack Steele pilots the Earthship Starblade. His mission simple. Stop the alien fleet before it reaches Earth and wipes out human civilization. Radio Sexton still unable to get a navigational fix, Mordred. It's not a particularly large solar system. How hard can it be to find several million tons of Kaxorian battlecraft? I am afraid that, without the star charts, the instruments are useless. We have been drifting around up here for hours now. Not necessarily useless, Helga, but I was rather hoping that it wouldn't come to this. Reach over there and open that locker. There is a brass tube. It is labelled Idiot. An aid memoir, my dear. That tube contains the brain scan of Gregory Rasputin, imprinted prior to his last reconstitulation. Really? I thought we had seen the last of him. Seen, maybe, but perhaps not necessarily the last we have heard from him. If I can make the appropriate adjustments... There. There what? Mordred? I am here, Gregory. Oh, wonderful. Now we are lost, adrift in space, and he is back. I was beginning to hope that the two of us might have a little... Uh, privacy up here. Mordred? I... I can't feel my legs. In fact, I seem to be missing most of my body. Yes, there is a tiresomely obvious explanation for that. Was there a problem with my reconstitution? Was my mission to save the oppressed Russian workers a success? Technically, there was no problem at all with your reconstitution. Although I suspect you wouldn't see it that way. And you were never trying to save the oppressed Russian workers. You were an agent of chaos and dissent for the Quaxorians. Why does he think that? The brain scan is never perfect. He may have become a little addled. But Grigori, listen to me. I need you to concentrate on what you can see, not what you cannot feel. See? I see nothing but blackness. Look closer. There is nothing but black... No. Wait, there are small specks of light. The blackness, Mordred, it's full of stars. There, I have successfully imprinted his brainwaves onto the shuttle's navigational calculation unit. Now he can guide us to the Caxorian fleet. Somehow, this does not make me feel much safer. We know that the fleet refueled at the ice planet of Pluto and is heading here. If we plot a simple parabolic course, it should be easy to intercept them. A para-what? A curve, Gregory. A curved line. Oh, duh. 
why did you just not say so? Curvy line course to icy planet locked in. Can I fire the rockets too? If you must. Well, I think that's it. We're out of the Earth's atmosphere now. It's beautiful from up here. Look, beyond those clouds. I think you can even see the Great Wall. Oh uh, yeah. Scotland looks a funny shape from this angle, and no mistake. I believe that is the wall built in China by Kinchi Huang, Charlie. Not the Roman ones that starts in your new castle. Right. Yeah. Of course. Only that. I'm sorry, but we really don't have time for any more sightseeing. Mordred and Helgar must be on their way to rejoin the Quaxorian fleet, and we need to catch up with them. Yvette, what sort of range does this radio sonar have? A few hundred miles, Jack. We should be able to spot them. There is something. No, there are several somethings out there. I see them. Hold on tight. Confirms there are six vessels zeroing in on us from the dark side of the moon. They're firing on us. Quaxorian sentry craft, no doubt. Bilkins, man the particle cannons. I'll try and bring us in underneath them. The closest is bearing 88 degrees, inclination 46. What? Three o'clock high, Bilkins. Oh, right. Got him! Just like ducks at the fairground. More like grouse at the shoot, I would say. But there, at uh, quarter to seven. What? Oh yeah, I see him. Starboard shield holding at 86%. Who the devil was that? That is the Starblade, Jack. She will tell you what is wrong with her. Don't sound like no girl I've ever been out with. There, Charlie. Straight ahead. This is quite easy, actually. They always seem to veer off to the right. Not that last one, though. He's making a run for it. Hold on, I'm going to try and line us up for a torpedo shot. Hull stress at 42%. 45. 48. That could get a little tiresome, you know. Is there a way to switch it off a bit? Just letting it get to an hundred should do the trick. 63%. Now, Charlie! Confirmed, Jacques. Target destroyed. Well done, Charlie. Well done, all three of us. Hull integrity nominal. Well, maybe I should say all four of us. Now, if you could take another look at the sonar, Yvette, let's see what else is out there. Yes, I see. Thank you, Chief. That was Spooner at the Greenwich Observatory. They've been tracking the Starblade with their main telescope since she launched. Is there any news? It looks like Jack's already got into a fight. There were several explosions, but Spooner thinks the Starblade is still intact. They should still be in radio range. I'll try to raise them. Windermere base to Starblade. Are you receiving us, Jack? Got you. Faint but clear, Doc. Are you right up there, my boy? Got jumped by some Quaxorian fighters a while back, but the Starblade ran rings around them. That's good, lad, because you have bigger fish to fry now. Jack, the main Quaxorian fleet is following the path of Halley's Comet and will have reached Earth in four days' time. You're a lot faster than them, though, so you should intercept in a matter of hours. Don't you worry, gentlemen. We'll be sure to stop them in their tracks. No Quaxorian fleet is getting within spitting distance of Earth whilst the Starblade is in the sky. That's it. They're out of communications range. That may be true, Samuel, but I'll wager that's not the last we've heard of Jack Steele. No. 
Let us retire to the Finsbury Club. In these dark hours, I feel the need for a fortifying drink and some good company. Kvaxorian fighter number six has been destroyed. The hostile vessel appears undamaged. Impossible. Earth has no spacecraft. I think that they are talking to someone. There is a whispering in my ears. Not that I have ears any longer. He is right, Mordred. A transmission is occurring between the vessel and the Earth. Put it on our speakers. If you do that, I will not be able to talk. Don't you worry, gentlemen. We'll be sure to stop them in their tracks. The Quaxorian fleet is getting within distance of Earth whilst the Starblade is in the sky. Hello? Oh, I think we've lost them. Steel. I should have guessed. The transmission has ended, and they are following the same course as us. They are gaining rapidly, Mordred. The Archduke must be warned. Will we reach the fleet before they catch us? Not even close. I do not think that they have seen us yet, but they will be on us in minutes. Do we fight them? I no longer have hands, but I think these pointy bits are weapons. Not this time. Steel may be an arrogant fool, but his spacecraft has destroyed six Caxorian fighters and barely suffered a scratch in return. Take us into that asteroid belt, Gregory, and power down the engines. Our ship might not be fast enough, but there is plenty of time to hide and radio a warning to the fleet. Enemy fleet in visual range, Jacques. Blimey, there's loads of them. Twelve large vessels and a thirteenth at the centre of the formation. That one is twice the size of the others. Dozens of those fighters too. They've surrounded the larger vessels, but I reckon I can get past them and give us a shot at the mothership. Arm all the forward torpedo tubes, Charlie. Ready, Jack. Then hold on! Now, Charlie! Mon Dieu! They exploded too soon! The ship is undamaged! I swear I set those proximity fuses just right, Jack. Don't worry about it. We're still in the attack vector. Try the cannons. It is no good. Our telemetry shows they have some sort of magnetic shielding raised. Our weapons cannot get through. And those fighters have closed in on all sides. Keep your finger on the trigger, Charlie. Getting out of this is going to be a lot harder than getting in. Don't worry, Jack. There's so many of them I can't miss. There are more appearing every second. I do not think we can shoot them out of the sky fast enough. I hate to say it, but we're going to have to cut the run. I'm taking us between those two battleships. The fighters will have trouble following us in there. Brace yourselves! We're hit! In Into the Ether. Jack Steele was played by Neil Frankham, Yvette Dilak by Lucy Harvey, and Charlie Bilkins by James Harvey. Nigel Potter was Mordred, with Lauren Alton as Helga and the voice of the Starblade. Tom Butterworth was the voice of Rasputin. Bill McSweeney played Dr. Brunel, with Robin Alton as Ambrosia Sterling. The narrator was Guy Ranawira. Sound engineering was by Frank Redding, with original music composed and performed by Bill McSweeney. Squadron leader Jack Steele and the Starblade is an It's a Trap production.
This portion of the Mutual Audio Network is brought to you by Big Barney's Bacon-O-Rama. Nothing but bacon. Fried bacon, bacon stew, bacon casserole, bacon Alaska, baked bacon, bacon salad with bacon bits. Big Barney's Bacon-O-Rama, where they always say, you'll be aching to be taking the bacon we're making, forsaken all other bacon. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.